You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiasts, presented by me, Daniel Axerhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control, it's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 9 of the Piston Podcast, recorded today on the 29th, I know it's all the 9s in this show, 29th of May 2020. In this show, we're putting piston engines aside, sort of, um, because this week I'm reviewing an electric car, and I can tell you I'm going to be reviewing the Honda E. There's no, really, there's no use of me keeping it a secret, because you can see in the title anyway that it's going to be Honda E and electric cars um, in this show, and I'm very excited to review it. Um, and this car I have actually seen, I saw at Goodwood, I'm not going to ramble on about it now, I'll talk about it later on in the podcast um, when it's actually time for it, but yeah, I'm just going to tell you straight away, if you want to tune out because you're boring, it's fantastic and you should buy one now with all of your money, even if you if that means you have to live in a cardboard box, at least you have a Honda E because they're just fantastic. Anyway, let's kick off with this, um, just a bit of chat actually, because um, a, th- a few days ago, I drove our Fiat Panda 100 horsepower, Paolo the Panda, um, and it was eh, in the law, I suppose, um, in a private place, and I drove it weaving about and stuff like that, um, practicing, you know, basic clutch control and stuff like that, the boring stuff. Um, it was nothing too special, but at least I know how to control that specific car. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. It drives really nicely, and it's got a bit of oomph when you put your foot down a tiny bit. So, yeah, that's... Pretty much all I can say about that, really, apart from I'm a driving master now, aged at 14. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll be able to drive it again soon, but on a proper, you know, place where I can, you know, uh, go into second gear, at least. Um, so yeah. Right, let's do some car news. We're going to just get straight on with this podcast. I'm not going to ramble on for ages, because I'm sure none of you are really interested. Um, obviously, you may have heard in the news recently, NASA are launching thingies into the air, into space, I don't know what they are, little space station things. Um, no, it's it's a SpaceX project with Elon Musk, which means it must be crazy. But it says here, NASA astronauts to drive Tesla Model X to the launch pad. And that's not really surprising because, well, I, I I really like the Tesla Model X. It used to be my dream car. I don't really know why, um, but it used to be my dream car. I think it's fantastic. Now I'd probably rather have a Model 3. I think it's a bit more subtle and a bit less massive because the, the Model X is on a British road. You see one and they're chuffing enormous. That's how I'll describe it. They're chuffing enormous. Probably a bit too big, to be honest. Acura unveils the new, all the the all new. It says here the all new, not just new, all new TLX and TLX Type S. I've got a picture here. I think it looks very nice. The one in front of me is red. As there's a yellow one there as well, and a white one, and it looks very nice. It kind of reminds me, sort of, of the Kia Stinger. But that might just be me being a bit of a lunatic. I'm not sure. A super hardcore Ferrari 81. Two or eight twelve GTO has been spotted, and this is obviously a car that Ferrari is going to put into production, or maybe already has. I don't, I don't actually know, but um, it's the first one that has been spotted on the road apparently. And I've got some little concept pictures here. It's it's full of all of the stuff that car makers put on, you know, when car makers don't want you to see what the cars actually look like because it just looks like they're broken. Near me, 
um, is where all the Bentleys are built and the Bentley showroom and stuff like that. Only down the road, actually, a few miles. And every now and then I see some new Bentleys, and when there's whenever there's a new Bentley out, I tend to see them out on the road, and they've always got like panels all over them to make them look not how they look when they come out. And it, it's quite a good idea, but I suppose it's a bit unusual when you see one of them on the road, just like. I don't know, a Bentley Continental GT with what looks like a bin bag wrapped around it. It's unusual. Um, Jensen Button has been banned from buying any Bugatti products. I'm not actually sure why. It doesn't actually say. Um, it said here, uh, former F1 driver Jensen Button had to deal with Bugatti when he bought his Veyron back in 2006. He'll be allowed to purchase a car, but only if he advertised how good Bugatti were on social media. Bugatti and Button's deal lasted until 2009, having only driven 1,500 miles. Jensen Button had sold his Bugatti Veyron for roughly £900,000, which, for Veyron with such low mileage, was an absolute steal at the time. The thing is, Bugatti were unhappy about this, so unhappy that they banned Jensen from ever purchasing anything from Bugatti again. So, yeah, basically, long story short, Jensen Button, ages ago, sold his Veyron for maybe a bit too cheap. Bugatti were a bit annoyed, um, which is, yeah, it's just casual, isn't it, for a rich car brand, they tend to get a bit grumpy. And uh, so, yeah, Bugatti have banned Jensen Button from buying uh, any Bugattis, and then said Ferrari then. Talking of Ferrari, they're quite difficult to deal with as well, from what I've heard, but there we go. Britain's uh, Britain built just 197 cars last month. That is it. Britain built 197 cars. And I don't know whether that's because of the virus, or whether that's because British uh, the British um, car industry is just dying. Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Aston Martin, I think, has moved to new ownership uh, and I think it's the boss of Mercedes. I'm not really sure. But it says here, that's the lowest level since World War II, um, which is quite huge, actually. Um, so, yeah, due to the rise in coronavirus cases in Britain last month, the car industry has taken a hit. Britain built just 197 cars last month in April 2020. There we go. Compared to, wow, to compared to 70,971 in April as of last year in 2019. So... Apparently, we saw a similar trend in March, where just 78,767 cars were built, down from 47,000 a year earlier. So, yeah, it's quite unstable at the moment. Cars are being built again uh, this month. It's now the end of May. It's 29th, which means in a few days it's June. It's June already. I can't believe that. But, yeah, it will rise again soon. Obviously, now, with the government guidelines... Um, you're allowed to see six people. And I, me personally, I don't know if that's a good idea, but this isn't a political show. Um, but what I can say is, with the new guidelines, you're allowed to see other people from two metres. It does mean that me and my friend Matthew, who I interviewed a few weeks back, can start filming for our YouTube channel, All Things Auto. So if, you, if you're just stumbling across YouTube, then do subscribe to All Things Auto, because it's just a bit of a laugh whenever we're in bikes or cars or whatever. It's just a laugh, that's all it is. Don't take it seriously, because it's, it's not serious, but there we go. Um, and let me just announce this quickly now. Um, I've decided to basically properly launch my personal YouTube channel, uh, Daniel Actorhouse. Good luck with spelling my last name. I'll, I'll give you that challenge. Because um, I did one video back in December, and it was a uh, Lego building video of a Porsche 911 Turbo, 1974. Um, and that got over 100 views, which I wasn't expecting for, you know, an hour-long video. But I was thinking I could actually do something a bit more special than, um, as well, 
as podcasting and doing writing. And I thought, let's do my YouTube channel. So when I go to Goodwood, whenever it may be, because I'm going for two days in the next one, um, not only will I do some podcast material and stuff for articles on Drive Tribe, or maybe elsewhere, depends, um, I'll also do a big YouTube video, sort of like documentary thing. So that's quite exciting. So do give it a subscribe, Daniel Actorhouse. And if you do struggle with spelling my last name, then just go to the podcast notes and it'll say my last name somewhere, surely. Um, Ford will be using Volkswagen's MEB platform for its electric car. So um, apparently they're going to be sharing parts and it will reduce the costs. Don't know if that's for the car company or for us as the buyers. I'm hoping it's for us as the buyers because electric cars... Um, do need to be cheaper. That's one thing. They do need to think of a way they can be cheaper. And in the past few years, they have gone down, but just not enough. Like this Honda E I'm going to be reviewing is 26 grand. It's just over 26 grand, which for an urban EV, I think is just a bit much. But we'll discuss that later on properly in detail. Um, so, yeah. Audi reveals that each RS model goes through a whopping 4,900 miles of testing. That's nothing compared to Land Rover. Like when they released a Defender, they announced they did about a million miles with their prototype vehicles, which is a fair few miles in just a few weeks slash months, isn't it, really? Um, a million miles. That's absolutely crazy. I think it's a million, anyway. Um, uh, what else has been going on in the car industry? I may as well, I, I will just do a bit of promotions. I'm getting all of these car news from drivetribe.com. So do check out Drivetribe because it's very, very good for all of the car nerds out there. Um... Volkswagen unveils the Nivus, Nivus, Nivus small coupe SUV, and it's due to arrive in Europe in 2021. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like the Alfa Romeo Tonale, or the Alfa Romeo Toenail, as I called it. It's unusual names. They're really unusual, but I suppose it's better than some of the other Germans at the moment. M140i. It's just not a name, is it? It's not. You can't call it that. I keep saying this, but actually give a car a proper name, please. Don't just give it numbers and letters as a name. I just don't think it's right. Anyway, car news aside, let's move on now to some, you know, some proper stuff. Um, and I think we should just get straight on with the review. Piston Podcast Pick of the Week, which, as I announced just before, is the magnificent Honda E. I think it's, it's the best electric car on sale, if not the best car on sale. Um, I think we should stop thinking of electric cars as electric cars and just like cars, because that's what they are. That they shouldn't be treated as another breed. That is, it's it's anti-Semitism against cars. That's what it is, and I, I don't think it's right. It's not right at all. Electric cars are cars, and that's how they should be treated. Right, the Honda E. You can um, buy one. Um, they are they are actually coming into the country as I speak now, which is fantastic news. You can buy one at just over twenty six thousand pounds. Which, if you compare it to its uh, competitors, is not that bad, actually. Um, I think it's it's a fair price, but you could probably could make it cheaper. And if you were to make a car like that in, say, five, ten years' time, it would be probably a few grand cheaper, so I'm not really sure. Um, it comes with a 32-kilowatt um, battery, um, and it's uh, rear-wheel drive, which means it's very fun. Brake horsepower, uh, it produces between 134 and 152 brake horses of power. Um, which is all you need, really. It's more than any of the cars we've got on our drive, and that seems powerful enough, so that is good. And for a rear-wheel drive small car, it's all you need. Torque, well, the motor's produced 232 pound-foot of torque, which in newton meters is, I have no idea, so any maths geeks out there, work it out. 232 pound-foot of torque in newton meters, and 
let me know on Twitter or something at Daniel Carzo five because I'm interested and I'm bored in lockdown. Quite frankly, I'm bored. Um, range 137 miles, which is okay, but people moan about range, and I'm going to go into a bit of a rant now. So feel free to skip about a minute or so. People moan about the range being, oh, it's only 200 miles or 137 miles in this case. But the truth is, nobody goes um, hundreds and hundreds of miles in one go. People always stop for either a wee break or um, to get a Greg sausage roll or something like that, not sponsored. Um, so in in the times that you'd be pulling over at a motorway service station, for example, you'd be plugging your car in. And a fast charge only takes about half an hour. So, yeah, it's... It, People stop moaning because I know if I had an electric car, I wouldn't drain the battery full and then charge it. I would drive a bit, pull over a bit, charge it, and then drive a bit. So the percentage of the battery would go from 100 down to 17, then 100, then 70. And in the long run, it will be less time, and you won't even notice the time you're waiting. So I think electric cars, the weight is fine. I've got no problem with it whatsoever. And it means you can you can have a look and waste a lot of money at the service station shops um, which is a good and a bad thing isn't it really you can get these ridiculous cushions that you use in an aeroplane you buy and then you leave in your suitcase which you don't have in hand but yeah um, I, I have no problem with it anyway rant over let's carry on uh, 0-60 in 9.5 seconds which is the exact same as the Panda 100 horsepower we've got on the drive and it's alright really 9.5 seconds sounds quite slow for modern standards um, and for an electric car, but really it's all right, and it comes with a sport button, which means it's it's a lot more responsive. Uh, the range obviously will go down, but it's fun. Top speed just ninety miles per hour, and you're probably all going oh head in hands and switching the podcast off now because you've been put off by the top speed. But in truth, yeah, ninety miles per hour does sound massively slow compared to other cars. But then again. You shouldn't be going over 70 in, in real life, um, unless you're playing Forza or something. But you, you shouldn't be going over 70. So if you're worrying about not being able to go over 90, then maybe you should hand your licence in. Just a suggestion. So there we go. It weighs uh, 1.5 tonnes, which is alright. Um, it's roughly the same as its competitors. Zero grams per kilometre of CO2 emissions, which is obvious, isn't it? But then again, it's where the electricity comes from that it's the thing that people are worrying about so not really sure um, no CO2 comes out of the car but where is it being generated if it's from a wind turbine then fair enough but is it from you know coal and gas because if so then that's defeating the object isn't it of a zero emission car it's four seater it's got five doors and I like the way the rear doors are quite hidden amongst the car I think it works really quite nicely. Other information, just random, it's got a sport button which makes it more reactive, it's got regenerative braking which is quite harsh but it's okay and it means basically if you don't know what regen braking is you put your foot down and then you lift it off and depending on how how fast you lift it off really, if I was to lift it off vigorously um, it would stop quite quickly and if you don't do it quite slowly it will slow down. So it means basically you're going at about 30 speed limits obviously, um, nothing to see officer and then you'd take your foot off the accelerator to go, you know, to pull up a red light. And you wouldn't have to touch the brake pedal because the car would stop itself. And by the car automatically stopping itself with the regen braking, you're basically regenerating the electricity that you may have lost when you're actually on the move. So it actually works really well. And it's weird because the regen braking can actually increase the range, which I say is weird, but 
it's actually very useful. It's it's a fantastic feature. It's got 50-50 weight distribution, obviously it's rear-wheel drive, which means it handles like a dream. It's got a turning circle better than a London taxi at 45 degrees, not Celsius. Um, and the turning circle, it's it's ridiculous. Ridiculously big, not big, thin, actually. No, not thin. Small, small turning circle. It, you can weave through anything. It's It's fantastic. It's quite mesmerising, really, the turning circle. And you watch these videos, and you're like, how does it do that? I think London taxis should just be little Honda E's just zooming about. Rivals consists of the Peugeot E208. Obviously, there's an E208 Sport coming out soon. So, Honda, if you're listening to this, any of the PR people, then maybe make a Honda E Type R, because I think that would be, uh, as teenagers would describe, sick. Because it's just a fantastic idea. Another one is the Mini Electric and the Renault Zoe, etc., etc. Just small electric cars that maybe aren't built for speed. Um, just built for, you know, cruising around town. Um, yeah. Pros and cons. Let's start with the cons, get that over and done with. It's the range. I don't know. It can put a lot of people off uh, compared to a petrol car that can do a few hundred. It's only 137 miles. So I'm not really sure. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. You're spending the money and... If you're just driving to work, like 10 miles to work, 10 miles back, and charging overnight, then no problem, that's the car for you. Another one is the weight, obviously for a small car, one and a half tons is quite a lot. And the power as well, I think it could do with maybe a more powerful motor for the people that want a bit more acceleration and a bit more fizz, and maybe a bit more top speed, I don't know. The pros, it's very, 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 very unusual, but that's a fantastic thing, that's why I put it in the pros. Uh, it's very solid, it's Japanese, obviously, um, and it's very cool. It's a desirable car, it does have its its cons, as quite a few actually. The boot capacity is massively tiny, and there's a few things like cheap plastics, and you can't get leather, it's recycled, um, you know, fabrics and stuff like that. But you just can't help but love it, it's got a fantastic side profile. It looks so futuristic, and yet not too bad. I think it looks fantastic. Goodwood 2019 last year, the car I was most excited to see was not the Lamborghini Huracan Evo, it was not the Land Rover Defender, as excited as I was. It wasn't supercars or anything, it was, that was my phone vibrating, sorry. It was the Honda E. Um, the Honda E is just absolutely fantastic. It's a car that I know I desire, I really, really like it. So once, you know, lockdowns all over and stuff like that, and the Honda E's are in the showrooms, I am going to head as soon as I can to the Honda dealership, and I'm going to have a look around the E, and film a YouTube video, and I'll report back to do a podcast in the series to come. Um, and I'll do an article, obviously, because I need to do one. Um, but yeah, they're just fantastic. The Honda E, I'm going to give a Piston Podcast rating of 5 out of 5. It's sublime. I'm absolutely in love. Here's a few more stats for you. Charge speed, 22 miles per hour, which means if you charge the car for an hour, you will get 22 miles of range. Fast charge, um, for every hour you charge it, you get 160 miles. Obviously, that's not applicable because you don't get that much range anyway. Charge time, if you were to just charge the car from 0 to 100 uh, on a standard charge, it will be 5 hours, 45 minutes. If you're doing a fast charge, it will take just 31 minutes. So if you think it's actually 31 minutes, is actually really quite good. Um, so just say you're going from 100% to zero on your motorway journey to Cornwall or something, you pull over um, for about half an hour or so, have a sit down, stretch your legs, go to the toilet, go to the vending machines, whatever you do at a service station, and 
you know, sit at the, those disgusting tables, but you come back to the car and it's 100%. But obviously the con, the main bad thing about fast charging is the battery will weaken over time. Um, that's the problem with the Nissan Leaf, especially one of the older generation ones, is the more you fast charged it, the more the battery would drain and it would only last a few years, which is not fantastic. And that's why a lot of car companies force you to just rent the battery. You can't own it, um, which I suppose now kind of makes sense. Like 10 years ago, I used to look at renting batteries and I used to like, what on earth is that? But now it just, it makes sense. Not 10 years ago, I was five. Probably didn't even know electric cars were a thing. But um, yeah, Honda E is fantastic and I can't wait to see one. If, you, if you've got one on order, please, please get in touch on Twitter and Instagram at DanielCars05 because I'm more than interested in these cars. I think they're fantastic and it's by far my favourite car on sale. I just think it's the car for the people and better than the Volkswagen ID3 uh, by far. I think it's really, really good. So well done to Honda. Now, moving on. If the Honda E is not for you and you're some absolute moron that really doesn't like them, um, then I hate you, by the way, um, then here's a top 10 list of electric cars. <laughs> I am joking. I'm not that mean. But yeah, at number 10 is the BMW ID3. Um, not ID3. I'm completely bonkers. The BMW i3. There we go. Which now... If you, a few years ago, it was fantastic. You looked at it and went, "Wow, that's really nice." But now it's just a bit too. It's just a bit too often. You, you see them too much, and I don't know. I, I, there's some other cars now that have come, and they're just better. At number nine is the Honda E, even though it should be at number one. It's at number nine. At number eight is the Renault Zoe, um, which is all right. It's nothing special. At number seven is the Nissan Leaf, which is basically a, a Renault Zoe, isn't it? Because Renault and Nissan are grouped. And number six is the Kia Soul EV, which I really like the look of. The back of it, it's got these weird lights that sort of go around the car. It's boxy, which I like. It's like a Fiat Panda. I know. Anything like, like a Fiat Panda, I just automatically love. But yeah, Kia Soul EV is a fantastic looking car. I might review it in a few weeks. Who knows? I love electric cars. Hmm. And number five is the Mini Electric, um, which I really like. People say, is it the first electric uh, hot hatch? And it probably it could be, even though it's not marked as an S. It could be. It, it's worthy of one. And number four is the Hyundai Kona Electric 64 kilowatt, which is good. And number three is the Peugeot E208, which I think looks great. It looks very futuristic and very French. It's bonkers. And number two is the Volkswagen ID3, which people think is going to be the car of the decade, which is quite interesting. And at number one, inevitably, it's the Kia E Nero. Um, now, I. Let's just put that aside again, because I just want to talk about electric cars in general. A few years ago, like I know my dad is a big electric car fan, and he has been for quite a few years. He used to say, oh, why don't we get an electric car in a few years? And I was always like, no, they're boring, and they're nah. And I was always like, no, I want a piston engine, because they're better. But, ask this question to yourself, is that really the case? I believe you can like a piston engine car as much as an EV, electric vehicle. I think they're both fantastic. I say fantastic a lot when I'm talking about electric cars, but that's because they just are. Um, to be honest, they're the car of the future. Um, I think petrol and diesel cars will not die out for a long time. It probably will be about 100 years. But uh, they won't be used as often, you know, like dailies and stuff like that. They just won't. And tax will go through the roof. Uh, that's what I think. But, yeah, it's, if you take, like, a classic car, like a Dodge Charger, that's not very good for the environment... Or if you take a 2CV or something, or a Beetle, or a Fiat 126, I don't know. The cars like that, the special ones, will stay around, 
um, but only, you know, you'll be able to drive it as a treat, like at a weekend, not too often. If you take a diesel Vauxhall Astra, that will probably get scrapped, and it probably won't be kept for your weekend toy, because it's not very interesting. Um, but your daily car, Monday to Friday car, going to work and back, will be electric. It just will, whether you like it or not. But some people that are not interested in cars and would be fine. They probably don't even know the difference between an electric car and an engine car. Um, they're both really good, and they both have their pros and cons. Obviously, petrol and diesel cars, uh, people forget, actually, that they have some of the cons that electric cars do. People say, oh, electric cars, they catch fire. Well, so do engine cars. They, they do. They catch fire as well. So, yeah, if you want to have a bit of a conversation with me about electric cars, then do please get in touch. And if you'd like to come on the show, by the way, to talk about this sort of topics and these sort of topics and stuff like that, then get in touch as well, because I'd love to hear your thoughts. Right, My Way or Highway, and this week, um, I should explain what My Way or Highway is for the new listeners. Basically, this is where I review a road, um, if it is a road, that is, and you've got an option to take My Way, or you can just take the highway and be boring. And this week, it is the Tyanmin Mountain, however you pronounce that. And it's 1,519 metres high, it's tight and it's twisty, and I think it's perfect for the Honda E. Just search it up, it's the Tyanmen Mountain. I'm probably saying that completely wrong, I do apologise. I'm going to give it a moi rating of 4.5, because it's good. It's the reason I think it's perfect for the Honda E, is because it's not really for speed, it's for like agility and stuff like that. And the Honda E is just a comfortable, capable car to do that. Isn't it really? Right, next week's show is going to be a bit different to the ones we've had um, in the past because I've got a guest. Uh, my, my good friend Manav is coming on the show to talk about his work and to talk about cars in general. He is a journalist on Drive Tribe like me and he's 17, um, so he's young. It's always good to have young car enthusiasts on the show and stuff like that. And if you want to be like Manav and like my friend Matthew is on a few weeks ago, then get in touch. You can be on the Piston podcast and you can promote your business. You can promote your work, whether it's articles or YouTube or anything you do. Whether it's telly, I don't know. I don't know. It's up to you. You can come on the show. Email thepistonpodcast at gmail.com. Thepistonpodcast at gmail.com. Um, with, you know, why you'd like to be on the show and stuff like that. And 99.9999% you will be on the show at some point. Um, whatever episode it will be. So, yeah, do get in contact. If email isn't your thing then you can tweet me um, privately or whatever, or Instagram DM me at DanielCars05 and give me a cheeky follow as well while you're there. Because guests, oh, I like talking to guests. When I did radio um, in the past few years, I was always guesting people, in guesting people, interviewing people about what they do. And it's just a very interesting thing to learn about what people are doing. And it's just a, ni- it's just a nice thing to do, isn't it, really? And... It- Especially in lockdown, you've got somebody to talk to, which is nice. And this is all going to be over Zoom, so you don't have to travel anywhere. You can just do it in your living room, as long as you've got a headset with a microphone or something like that. Or if you want, you could probably use your phone. I don't see why not. Then, for about half an hour, 25 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, I don't know, sit down, have a chat, really. You're always welcome, whatever you do. Even if you don't really have anything special to talk about, and you just want a random conversation about something you're doing, about cars... Whether you've got an opinion, maybe it's an unpopular opinion, I don't know. Get in contact, because I'd love to hear your thoughts, and you can gladly come on the show. I'd love to talk with you. Right, Um, what else is there to talk about? Car spotting, have I spotted any cars? Let me just open my phone, um, and just have a look. What have I spotted? Um, I came across a photo, 
uh, that my mum sent to me a few years ago when she went to Italy, and it was of a crashed up Fiat Multipler, and it was a proper banger Fiat Multipler, but it was still being used every day. This was in Italy, um, as I said, and I will have to post it on social media, by the way, because it's just it's just a laugh, isn't it, really? What else has been happening? I saw a Vauxhall van with BMW wheels, which made me cringe, and it had the BMW centre caps as well, which just tops it off, really. Um, what else has been going on? I don't know, really. Not much, because I've been indoors. Uh, I've been getting out on my bike as much as possible, um, going out for a cycle, 20 miles a day, something like that. And I see some interesting cars. I nearly got run down by an Audi R8. But then again, it's an Audi R8, and they're fantastic. I drove one last year, and I'm very impressed. Good car. They just they handle really well. Really, really good. Anyway, I think we should pack it up there, really. Uh, join me next week, episode 10, on the Sunday. Uh, Sunday, I don't know, June it will be. 5th of June. Um, no, not 5th of June. It'll be 7th of June. Uh, Sunday, 7th of June. There we go. For episode 10 of series 1 of the Piston Podcast, uh, Manav will be on the show. Uh, looking forward to that. And if you want to, then... Do have a listen to the previous podcast, because there's a lot of interesting material out there, um, if you want to listen to my voice, that is, for another few half hours. Um, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, give it a subscribe, and if you're on Spotify, do whatever you do on Spotify, I don't know how it works. And give it a good review as well, um, or whatever you're on, whatever you're on. Um, not drugs or anything, whatever, what you know, what platform you're on. There we go, let's make that clear. Thank you ever so much for listening, stay safe, and stay sane, and enjoy your cars, even though maybe you can't go out as much as you'd humanly like to um it will be back to normal soon very very soon things are slowly you know going back to the olden days when you're allowed to go out and stuff like that car showrooms are now open for the press and stuff like that which is fantastic news i'm hoping to go to some for articles and podcasts so yeah the future is exciting um i hope you've uh, enjoyed this electric car themed show i like doing them um and even though it is the piston podcast electric cars are hugely welcomed. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Goodbye. You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiasts, presented by me, Daniel Axerhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control, it's time for the Piston Podcast.